So we will continue in this series of message understanding the authority of God. Let me say something. I think this is going to be one of the most strategic and consequential series of messages that I am preaching, have preached in the last year or so. This is very, very important because this is also revelationary to me and to you um, that God wants us to understand an order for success. Remember the first few weeks back in the last part of the year, we were doing from Egypt to bondage, bondage to Egypt and stuff, and we went through that basic structure and gave a historical kind of perspective of how it came about, how we're supposed to operate, how we're supposed to move into that, that new place. And, and this is an integral understanding. If we lose it at this point, we will not get anything else right after that. There is a hierarchy, there is an authority in God, there is an order in God that we have to understand and abide by. Understanding the authority of God brings and releases blessings into your life. So this is critical for us to understand. So last week we had installment number one and uh, this week, I am going to begin, again, understanding the authority of God. All right, lessons from the Old Testament. We will be going back to the Old Testament to build a necessary basis for moving into the New Testament as we observe God's authority. All right? So, let's read from the... King James, and then I'm going to read from the NLT. So everybody got a King James. Open to Galatians chapter 3. Father God, I am seeking your face in this hour for the truth of your word to penetrate our hearts and our spirit, to enlighten our understanding, Lord, and to give us the basic foundations for understanding what you respect and what you honor so that we will understand that we need to respect and honor the things that you respect and honor so that we can move forward in our lives. God, show us the importance of following your authority and Lord, making it a basic daily part of our living. I thank you in Jesus' name. And the people of God said... Amen. All right. So here we go. King James. But the scripture had concluded. And let me just throw in here. Today I'm teaching. Unlike when I preach. This is teaching, teaching. So you might want to get 22. Yeah, I didn't say it, I suppose. Galatians 3.22. Okay. So I am teaching. So bear with me. I'm going to be more subdued and prof professorial than sweating down the place. I'm teaching. I want you to understand this teaching. But the scripture had concluded all under sin. Boom. Scripture had kind of declared we're all under sin. 
that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Underline that in your Bible if you're so inclined to write under your Bible. Underline that. Before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Right? So before faith came, we were under the law. A set of guidelines and rules, Old Testament stuff when God established how life should be and relationships should be and what his covenants are and all his sim symbolisms are. We were guided by the law, but the law was a precursor to faith that would come. So the law was our schoolmaster. You can write that in your note. The law was our schoolmaster. It guided us and taught us how to stay between the lines, right? That was how we stayed between the lines. It guided us. Now, moving on. Wherefore, the law, verse 24, was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Everybody getting that? We were under the law. It was a schoolmaster. It was a precursor to faith. But once faith came, we were no longer under the schoolmaster. All right, moving on. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now remember, this is Galatians, right? And so this is the New Testament. But he is kind of bridging what used to be and what has come. This is New Testament. Galatians is New Testament. But watch what Paul is doing in, New, in, in Galatians 3.22 and onward. He's saying, here is a glimpse of what used to happen, but now that was a foreshadow of things to come. So we were under the law, we were kept between the white lines, we were given specific instructions, this is what you do. And they were hard and fast and they had consequences for them. But now through faith, we are now all made children of Christ. We are, we are no longer on that, that old schoolmaster. All right, bear with me. There is neither, look, look at this. For as many as you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Hmm? There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye all are one in Christ Jesus. So the superiority of the law that had this higher stringent hierarchical system is no more. And he says, when faith comes and you belong to Christ, he says, the plane has been made even. I mean, the field has been made even. The plane field is now even. There is no G Greek, no Jew, which was a big sectarian issue back in the old covenant, right? And there were the people of promise and the people who were not of promise. And so there was this disparity between who is who and who is well chosen and who is not and who got status and who don't have standing. But he says, but now when faith comes about, 
as we have received faith and come into Jesus Christ, there is no Greek, not Jew. There is no free people and slave people. Something which had plagued history from them even till now to a lesser degree, but that was the order of the day. Slaves, free people. So there's no bond and free, no slave people, free people. And then, then and here's the part that we, we, we enjoy the most. There is no male or female. There's no hierarchy of male and female. Because even as we looked at some lessons back a couple weeks ago, there was that predominance of the whole concept of there was a male superiority and a male dominance. Remember when the woman was taken in adultery? The male wasn't referred to. The female was referred to, not the male. So he says, I am doing away with that as faith has come in Christ Jesus. There is no male, no female. Everybody's on the same even playing field. We're all one in Christ Jesus. You know, and so there's a lot of people who need to know that because there are a lot of people who say, oh, I'm not going to listen to no woman preacher. <laughs> mm, Galatians 3, 22 and on. You know, you know, that's a real thing in this country, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, um, I ain't sitting down under her. According to Paul, who was looking back at the old and relating it to the new, he says, that's gone. Do you get me? Are you still with me? See, that's gone. There is no male, nor female, born, nor free, Jew, nor Greek. Everybody's got an even shot on an even playing field. We level the playing field. Got it? Say good. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> and, if, and if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. If you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed. And remember what he said about Abraham? I will give you a nation of people numberless, more than the sand on the seashore. So if you're Abraham's seed, you like this whole new promise, this whole new generation, this Abraham's generation, you are his seed. The seed is in itself. You're part of Abraham's seed. So you're part of this new covenant. Got it? Good. And is according to the promise. Now, this may not mean a whole lot to you unless you study the way I study. In the strong concordance, uh, 3807, I'm taking this word right out of here in verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. Right? So according to uh, Strong's concordance, 3807, that... Uh, Hebrew word, Greek word is padigogos. And it means like a boy leader. It means like a servant whose office, a servant who's working for a master, and he takes care of the master's kid. And so he's like a tutor. He takes him to school. So he says, the law took you to school. The law took you to school. The law was your tutor until the law was replaced by faith and faith in Christ Jesus then made you responsible for a relationship with God. So God teaches through his Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ teaches you. You have no 
need anymore for the law and the schoolmaster to teach you. And I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. All right, so let's move on in here. This is a very interesting picture drawn here. The law was the servant. The law was the servant. The law was the servant that took us to school. The law schooled us. Look, in Matthew 11, 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take upon me, or take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. My yoke replaced the law, the schoolmaster, the tutor. You get it? Come unto me. If you labor in a heavy laden, now that you are children of faith, and take my yoke. You see, the law was a burden. So you see the parallel with the law and the yoke? He says, I'm putting a new thing on you, but it's not a burden. My yoke helps you to walk in tandem with one another. When you yoke up two oxen or whatever you yoke up, there's something about yoking that has to have this sense of compatibility about it. Because if you take a big ox and a little ox, one of them neck going to rub raw. One of them will not be making the same stride like the next one. And there's going to be a little bit of confusion in the walk because they're not equally yoked up. So one of the, you getting it? You getting it? So, 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 so he says, my burden, my yoke is not egregious, egregious. My yoke is not burdensome. I will give you a yoke that allows you to be compatible to walk in faith. Hmm? I'll give you that. I'll put this thing on you and you're not going to be like one guy pulling and the next guy leading and one guy struggling or one guy yoke is tight here and one guy yoke is slack and so he's spinning around in his yoke and he's choking in his yoke and you follow? You've seen yoke and oxens and stuff, right? And there is a symmetry about it that, that, that they evenly put together. And when they evenly put together by faith, they walk together. Job makes, makes a whole lot more light and easy. Uh, all right, so here, so, so back up again to verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Here's the principle. We will never rest until we learn. Write that down as your first principle. You will never rest until you learn. Go back to that verse. Let's, let's drill down there a little bit now and take a second look at it, right? Take a second look at that verse. Come unto me, all you that labor. You're laboring. You're heavy laden. You're struggling. You're striving. You know, all that stuff. He said, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Right? 
And when you learn of me, he says, you will find rest. So the principle that is coming out of that verse is simply this. We will never rest until we learn. We will never. No, you need to hear this. You will never rest until you learn. If you never move on to learning, you will always be restless. Struggling, fighting, just battling stuff because you have not taken on the yoke. He says, take it. It's easy. You'll learn. When you learn, you'll have rest. If you don't learn, you're not in rest. If you're not resting, you haven't learned. Amen. Real simple. Very simple. All right. Uh, you, 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 you cannot. And so as a result, you cannot learn fully about the New Testament Jesus without studying the Old Testament truth. So that's why he's taking the time to look back to the old and link it to the new so that you have a perfect understanding of this is where we came from. This is who we are now, and here's where we're going. You see it? A real, real simple transition. I used to be that. This is where we are, but we're heading for this. Learn, find rest. Understand what it used to be. Understand that you're no longer under that law. Stop looking for that tutor. Stop looking for these hard principles that are religious more than anything else to keep you in bondage and start to learn how to walk in faith. Because that's what they did under the law. They had all these observances. The law was burdensome. My goodness, you couldn't keep up with the law. It's like, don't do this and don't do that. And two turtle doves here and a bullock and a spotless ram and a, and a chicken with his head not cut off. All kinds of stuff. Man, and all day long, you were... Not really. That's a, that's a Hezekiah 315 there. And so all day you're walking around. You're walking around all day with all these instructions in your head. And you can't keep the law. And then to, on top of that, here's what it says. If you break the law in one area, you're guilty of all. Oh my goodness, I can't keep the law. And that's what the scripture says. If you offend in one of these areas, you're guilty for all of these areas. Who could keep that? So hence the reason we had to come out from under the law and into faith in Christ Jesus, where there's no Greek, no Jew, no bond, no free, no male, no female. We all are one in Christ Jesus, sharing in Abraham's seeds and Abraham's promise. Boom! That's a big amen right there. Woo! Amen. So, pastor, we know all of that. Do we? <laughs> Do we know all of that? You see, we, we don't pray in repetition, but we learn by repetition. You see, in the law, we kind of pray by repetition. So we, we, we're moving away from that. We don't pray in repetition. The same prayer over and over again. Oh, God bless me and my wife, us for no more. You know, that kind of stuff. Just rep, rep, you know, look. <laughs> you ever hear that, Lord? Um, just God bless me and my family, and him and his family, bless us for, and no more, and repeat, and repeat, and repeat, and repeat, and every day is the same thing, over, and over, and over, and over, and over again. I used to have a prayer when I was in Texas a long, long time ago. I used to say, God, you know me. No, no, how I prayed it again. God, I know you, you know me, give me the numbers to the lottery. But that, <laughs> <laughs> 
You all are such suckers. <laughs> you just sit there like, but you sit there like, what revelation? <laughs> but but you know me by now, right? I can't help. I, I just, I'm just, a, I'm just a running goofball. I just, you know, it's just, just so hard not to leave those things. They're just wide open, you know. Us for no more, you know. Um, so let's go way back, way back to the beginning, right? Genesis chapter 2.15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Genesis 2.15. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But, 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 but. But there's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch it. You see the beginning of the forming of authority? Because authority is uniquely tied into this thing called obedience and disobedience. Put a pin in that because watch what's going on. He says, he put him in the garden, dressed it, gave it to him, says eat. Here is a rule to begin to understand the concept of obedience as it, leads to authority, as it relates to authority and understanding God's authority. Take everything you want, eat every tree you want, take off every fruit you want, just have your way. I made that guy for you. But there's this one thing I want you to understand that begins to establish obedience and God's authority. That one tree, don't touch it. Ooh. All right, now. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Hmm? Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Pick up the story down the road in the next chapter, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. I'm I told you I'm going to be teaching today. So this might be a little bit fast. You got to be really good with your notes because I'm going to just... Get this as I'm going through. So I'm, I'm building a case here now. You know, I'm lawyering here for a second. I'm building a case. So we go from 2.15 to 3.1. 2.15 and 16 said what? Eat everything you want. Don't touch that one thing. There's a reason why I don't want you to touch that one thing. So we jump to 3.1 and here it says, Now the serpent, now an outside entity, that was smarter than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. My words. Scripture says he was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, hmm, hmm. He said to the woman, Yea, had God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden, and the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Oh, so she did understand, right? The concept was not lost in her. Begin to watch the formation of obedience and disobedience. This smart devil comes to the woman and says what's the deal with the tree and she says god said eat everything but don't eat that okay 
She is without any excuse. She confirmed, she understood the directions of God. Take whatever you want. Don't take that. You still with me? Yes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. You shall not surely die. Against her better judgment, having repeated the command of God, here comes this little smart devil and he says, nah, you're not going to die. As a matter of fact, God don't want you to get this secret knowledge. <laughs> so what's his first trick? Doubt and deceit. Sow the seeds of doubt in people's mind. Sow the seeds of doubt in people's mind. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes. Ha! So it was all about the way I see it. Oh, I just had an explosion inside me when I was reading that. This is what she's saying. This is exactly what, the, what we say today. In today's world, we, we, we say that. Well, the way I see it is, <laughs> that's what she did. That's what she said. She says, now that I see that it was good. No, it was No, he said, don't do it. So you can't come now and override a kingdom authority principle by saying, oh, I see it. Are you hearing me this morning? Yes. This is where we get in trouble. This is where we always get in trouble. You know, he, he laid down king, kingdom principle. She got it. She repeated. He says, ah, you're going to die. And then she said, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I, now, I, now I see. Now I see. Now I see. Are you with me? Yes. Now, now I see. Now I see. All right. And the tree was to be desired. Oh, well, we go from doubting to seeing to desiring. Passion is beginning to fill now. Man, if I keep on this course, there's going to be a point of no return. I am going to do it. <laughs> right? When you let passion build, trust me, you're going to do whatever it is your passion is pulling into. You can talk yourself into a jail cell if you wanted to because, you know, you, you begin to move with passion and, and passion override your common sense, put passion override your logic, passion right. Passion overrides the very thing you know God said don't do. But you, you're kind of playing in the edge. You're playing at the edge and you're like, you know, I, 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 I can go close to the edge. I'm good enough not to fall over. Listen. No. Doesn't work that way, right? All right. And so she saw that it was good to make one wise and she took the fruit and did eat. <laughs> and then... When she did eat, she made sure she gave some to her husband because whatever consequence coming down for this, I ain't taking that all by myself. <laughs> no, you, you're coming in with me on this one. We, we're going in on this one together. So if there's, if there's any, if there's any well, you know, stuff to, to, to come down, well, you know, one, you can't tell me anything because you hate of it too. You're just as guilty as me. No mention that I talked to you into it. No. You did. 
passion override and he got the oh i see oh now i see so he ate two right he ate two boom he's guilty so so here it is now let's i'm gonna jump back and forth to make this thing hook up jump to romans chapter 5 verse 17 right romans chapter 5 verse 17 so pay, pay attention remember remember we just left genesis where one person made a decision to violate kingdom authority god had a strict rule about violating that kingdom authority and he was pretty much saying there will be consequences <laughs> there will be consequences so jump to romans and if you ever wanted a book that will just blow your mind up to understand doctrine and theology and kingdom authority read romans over and over and over romans is it for me i spent bukus or years and times in the book of Romans because that is the foundation for all Christian authority and godliness and kingdom authority and faith the book of Romans it is as like I mean it's like Paul it's like Paul's doctoral thesis <laughs> that's the book you want to read might be a little bit difficult but it becomes easy after you read it about the third or fourth time just start reading it all right so Romans chapter 5 verse 17 Hear what it says. Remember what we just read. Hear what it says. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So anybody got what I just said there? One person caused a global consequence. And it is one person who will free us from that global consequence. So Adam sinned when he ate the fruit and brought about this judgment on the world. Jesus now, one man brought it in, one man taking it out. You get it now? Adam brought it in, Jesus going to take it out. So if you tie Genesis 3 where I left from and jump all the way into the new, Paul is saying, Hey, we have this problem because one guy failed to recognize, don't touch that. Brought death and curse on all generation. One guy comes now and brings life through death on the cross and cause all of us to be able to escape that judgment and that consequence. Jesus. All right. Therefore, verse 18, as by the offense of one judgment, one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. That's what I just uh, get done explaining. But now here's the scripture to back it up. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. There's the scripture at the back of all I was telling you. <laughs> Romans chapter 5 verses 17 and 18. One guy caused this problem. One guy relieves you from this problem. Understanding the authority of God. Right? Mm. Notice that the weight of consequences attached to the concept of obedience and disobedience. What's the concept? The consequences. The weight of those consequences. They are attached to this concept of disobedience and obedience. 
You do good. You live by the rules. You escape. You do wrong. You violate the rules. You're going to pay a price. It's like gravity. It's a kingdom principle. It's a law. It's a universal law. It's put in place. Real simple. Follow kingdom principle. Reap kingdom blessing. Don't follow kingdom principle. Don't reap kingdom blessing. It's in the word, people. It's in the word. Disobedience is what put mankind into a mess from the very start. God said, don't eat of this tree. That's it. Do you realize all our trouble stems from those little few words right there? Don't eat of this tree. Point. This was not an issue with the fruit, my friend. This ain't, this ain't about the fruit. Huh? This was not about the fruit. This was about obedience, disobedience, kingdom authority. See, God was placing Adam under authority. He was literally manufacturing the stage for how authority works in the kingdom. When I tell you to do something, do it. When I tell you not to do it, don't do it. So he was establishing, Adam was being readied for authority, God's authority, kingdom authority. It, 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 you know, it, it's interesting that um, Adam was in authority over the whole garden, right? We read the story. He made everything and he said, dress it, prepare it, have fun with it, get it, right? Take dominion. But God placed him under his authority. Only those under authority can be over. <laughs> you got to go under God's authority to be over others in authority. You have to grab the concept of being under in order to be over. Huh? You have to be under in order to be over. Right? So he made Adam first, then Eve. She was put under authority so that they could reign together. Eve was put under Adam's authority for the purposes of them reigning together, not separately. Pay attention. Mankind fell due to their disobedience to God's pattern of authority. Eve stepped out of line by taking the fruit. Essentially, she rebelled against Adam, thereby rebelling against God. Who was put in authority? Adam. Who was made first? Adam. Who was told to dress this whole thing and name it and have dominion over it? Adam. What did he do with Eve? Adam helped me to him. So she came under his authority. When she violated his authority, she violated God's authority. She usurped authority that didn't belong to her. All right? So Adam was directly... Adam directly disobeyed God's authority also. Why did he directly disobey? Because he knew better. He got the word first. He knew better. And he was supposed to, to do. So, so let, me, let me just put, put in a little scripture there to give you this uh, joint effort about the authority between man and wife, man and woman. Right? It's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Oh, we got good time. Two are better than one. 
because they have a good reward for their labor. Unless they're both carnal. For if they fall, the one would lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he had no other help to help him up. That's the way fellowship is supposed to work, remember? Two, 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 two oxen yoked together, one help the other one, not run ahead of the other one, not do your own thing, you know. You know, uh, when I was doing the series on Egypt and bondage, I remember saying several times, don't get ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> that, those are not just idle words. Those are words that are based in scripture. Mm -hmm. If we're going to walk together and have fellowship and enjoy the faith mutually, don't get ahead of me. I'm not puffing myself up. I got instructions from God. Amen. And if you get ahead of me, you're not running in the instructions that I'm getting. Amen. You're running the instruction that you got. And that's not order. That's chaos. That's not what God called you to do. Right? This is something the church really has. This is one of the reasons why I believe God has called me as an apostle. That's why I plan churches and pastor pastors and do administration in terms of ministerial administration. To set order in churches. To set them and give them a pattern. This is how things are supposed to work. If you live by this, you're going to prosper. If you don't, you wouldn't prosper. Right? So that is the way fellowship is supposed to work. But some are careless in, in choosing their fellowship. Listen, whoever you hang out with will affect you. There was a way we used to call that back in the day. Boys of a feather flock together. <laughs> and you want to hear, you, you want to hear a, mama, a mama said? Mama used to say, friends will carry you, but they never bring you back. <laughs> That's a mama say. And you want to hear another, you want to hear another mama say? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> mama used to say, Jeffrey. What you can't see in the broad daylight, don't use light to find it at night. Yeah. If you can't figure it out with all this light on you, please don't use flashlights and batteries and candles and all that to find it in the dark. It's a limited place. You couldn't find it in the full sunlight, you're not going to find it in the dark. Friends will carry you. But it won't bring you back. Take time to look real good about what you're doing. Understand what you're doing real, real good, right? Uh, hmm. We're careless oftentimes in what we let. Come, we don't, we don't use the light properly. Right? There's a scripture verse that says what? Um, seek to know them that labor amongst you. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. All right, so, so if, if Eve started this mess, why does it say one, one man's disobedience? And that's what the Bible says, right? Yeah. Through one man's disobedience. Oh, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Hold, 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 up. Hold, hold up now, hold up now. Let me holler at you. If, 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 if it's, if she started this stuff, why it's one man's disobedience? Wasn't the man who started it? Ha ha, y'all catching on. <laughs> You're catching on, right? 
he was the authority and he compromised it. He didn't abide by what he's supposed to and he allowed it. And since he allowed it, that's the one man's stuff that's causing the, the problem. You have a right and a responsibility to keep the thing together. If you're in charge, you're in charge. Follow the rules. Right? All right. So Eve ate without checking on who she was disobedient. His action, however, was simply self-will. Mm -hmm. One man said, the more we mature in Christ, our actions should decrease while our obedience increases. This is what part of what John the Baptist meant when he said in John chapter 3, verse 30, he must increase but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. That was John chapter three, verse 30. John three, 30. He must increase, I must decrease. He that come from above is above all. He that is earth, of the earth is earthly. And speaking of the earth, he that cometh from heaven is above all. Listen, before we were converts, we were long on activity, but short on obedience. Before we came to know God, we were long on activity, short on obedience. And some, of, some people never outgrow the immaturity of just doing what we like. You know, I always tell you that your, your, your non-Christian life has a longer lifespan than your Christian lifespan. And so you have to train yourself to understand these, these, these uh, principles that you have to grow up and stop being immature because immaturity just causes you to do whatever you want to do. It just makes you do whatever you want to do. You don't want to abide. You don't want to obey. So, so watch this. Before the fall, Adam and Eve only knew right as it pertained to God. Ah, pay attention to this. Powerful point. Adam and Eve only knew right as it pertained to God. In other words, they did only what God said. Now, theologians have a word for that. You ready for it? We call it primitive holiness. Primitive holiness. We were primitive, archaic, back in the day, right? So we did what God told us. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me put it, let me put a little picture to it so you can understand. It was holiness like this. Anybody ever seen a little remote control car or truck or boat or what have you? It has a source of energy or power inside it. But it takes its direction from a remote control in somebody's hand. And it doesn't have a mind of its own. If the guy with the remote control in his hand push forward, the car goes forward. If he pull it in reverse, the car comes back in reverse. If he go to the right, the car goes right. If he goes to the left, the car goes to the right. That's primitive holiness. You do what I tell you to do. Have you ever seen a car when you push the control to go forward, the car go like, eh, 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 I don't want to go right. The car didn't have a mind of its own. That's the equivalence of primitive holiness. I do what I was told to do, and that's all I could do. Amen? Amen. Got it? Mm. So, 
after the fall, the knowledge of good and evil, this came from an internal source besides God. See, redemption is an issue of renewing opposition and finding all right and wrong in God alone. That's what redemption is about. Finding all right and wrong in God alone. All authority must start with and flow from God. If you touch his authority, you touch him. Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophet, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. The authority structure is changing from God the Father to God the Son. Back in the day, I talked to all the leaders by prophets directly. God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. Now, he's speaking to us through his son, Christ Jesus. In the last days, he's speaking to us. Whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. Who, being the brightness of the glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sin, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That is his authority. Authority that holds everything together. That's what we just read. That's his authority. I hold everything together. Look at Matthew chapter 8. We talked about this last week. Let's look at chapter 8, verse 5. Let's look at it again to kind of refresh in that concept. And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, actually that's the way it's pronounced. A lot of people say Capernaum. It's Capernaum. Eh, doesn't matter, really. And when he entered into Capernaum, <laughs> there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only. Exercise your authority. Only speak the word. And my servant will be healed. And here is his ground. And get this. Get this. Here is his grounds for saying that. For I am under, verse 9, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he do it. When Jesus heard it, watch this. Watch this. Remember where I start about the schoolmaster? would lead us mm -hmm. until faith, faith takes over from the schoolmaster. Watch the last verse here. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that follow, verily, which translated truly. Mm -hmm. Truly I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. The guy understood authority. And he recognized God's authority. Jesus acknowledged the man's revelation of how the kingdom of God worked. He says, I have not seen a faith like this. Remember, it used to be the law. 
and the law schooled us until faith. And now this guy is exercising the faith by saying, this is what kingdom authority is. I am under authority. And I have people under authority. And I could say, boo. And they go, boo. I could say, jump up. And they jump up and stay up until I say, come down. He's understanding authority. And Jesus acknowledges that authority and says, I have not. Yes, yes, yes. What God, here's what God says to, to, to recognizing authority. I have not seen faith that great. No, 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 you gotta, you gotta drill down on that. This is what he said about recognizing authority. He said to this man, I have not seen faith that great. Because the guy gets it. He gets it. Understand authority, God's authority. And in doing so, you will have faith from just about anything. Nothing will be. The guy understands my daughter is sick. But in this kind of faith, man, you just say the word that you'll be healed because I recognize authority. I, oh my goodness. Yes. You're getting this? Yes. I recognize authority. I just have to say the word and it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. He acknowledges the revelation of how the kingdom works, folks. In our, day, in our day, everyone thinks they know what is right and wrong. You know how I know that? <laughs> I hear it all the time. I don't see nothing wrong with that. That's how I know people think they know right and wrong. <laughs> that one statement is a revelation. I don't see nothing wrong with that. See, that is the problem. I don't see I don't see. What did Eve, what happened to Eve in the garden? She said, oh, I see. Now I see. Satan deceived her. It said, now I see. Oh, I could get this stuff. I can become wise. Can, based on my vision, this is what I see. But prior to this is what I see. There was a word that says, you won't die. In spite of that, you won't die word. She said, oh, I see. And that's why I, I know for a fact that in our day today, everybody thinks they know right and wrong based on this one simple concept. Well, I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah, you're making yourself the arbiter of all knowledge and all spirituality by saying, I don't see what's wrong with that. Well, let's take a second look. <laughs> let's see if we can debunk that. Uh, not a message, maybe next week. We don't see. Our culture is so self-opinionated and self-will that what is right or okay in our own eyes is what we approve. Because we are self-opinionated people. Remember that democratic, independent thing that we have going on? It's my way. Man is right in his own eyes. Go to Isaiah chapter 520. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter woe one woe okay first woe second woe <laughs> woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight third woe woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. You know what whoa means? Whoa means you're in big trouble. Whoa. <laughs> That's what whoa means. You're in big trouble. Whoa. Okay. It, listen. Hear what I'm about to say. This one line. This one line that I'm about to say. It is dangerous to have nothing higher in your life than your own opinion. That's coming out of those scriptures. I am making this stuff up. What are you just saying here? It is dangerous to have nothing higher than your own opinion in your life. If the highest thing in your life is your own opinion. Whoa. Whoa. You make bittersweet dark light and all the stuff we just read, right? Because there are spiritual factors that affect our thinking without us even knowing it. So when you think your opinion is the highest thing in your life, understand there may be spiritual factors that are driving what you're thinking. Oh Lord, if you didn't hear nothing this morning, hear that. When you think you're seeing what you're seeing, just remember there are spiritual factors that are bringing you to this place of, oh, I see that. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with that. And it changes and it skews what you're seeing or what you're perceiving. Understanding the authority of God. <laughs> I know I told you all about the time when I saw the man that was kissing the woman and just annoying me to no ends. Right? You remember me talking about that story? Guy driving down the street and kissing the woman, kissing the woman. And I got mad at him. And I just him, get a Motel 6. Get a room. Just get out of here. And when I pulled up alongside him, what was wrong? What did I notice? He was in the front seat. She was kind of right there in the back seat. When she looked that way and he looked that way, from where I was, it looked like they were kissing one another. They weren't even in the same seat. Whoa, when you think you see what you see and think you know what you know and that becomes your opinion and your opinion is the highest thing in your life. Take a second look. It may not be what you think it is. Yes. Yes. may not be what you think it is. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Second Corinthians 4.3 But if, 2 Corinthians 4.3 But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds. Underline that. Underline them, mind that. Because I want you to make a clear, clear distinction between seeing something and have a blinded mind. Okay? I want you to see something. I'm about to tell you something. Right? So underline that word. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world, who? The God of the world, the spiritual factor that changes what you think you see. The God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Listen, Satan doesn't blind your eyes. He blinds your mind. You blind your mind. Hmm. That's why in some of my dealings, I deal with the spirit Orasophilus, which is a high-minded spirit. It's, it's like, I don't care what you tell me. This is what I feel. This is what I see. This is what I know. And you can talk all day long. You're not going to change my opinion. My mind is up there. 
my mm -hmm. thoughts are the highest thing in my life and this is what it is and therefore I can't and will not listen to what you're telling me mm -hmm. hey I'm telling you all the truth yes. yeah. I'm preaching truth yes. I hope we're all listening I'm yeah. preaching truth yes. the truth is I don't even believe the church the modern church as we know it understand this subject because they operate at a level that's kind of shallow to tell you the truth there's there, there's this let's look at a simple obedience structure student to teachers wives to husbands children to parents everybody thinks this is cruel no it's understanding authority it's understanding authority Sometimes <laughs> it may seem cruel, but you oftentimes in raising your kids, I'm sure we all have done, I know I have done it, let your kids hit themselves up against a wall because nothing you said would work. Yes. And only after they crash land into a wall, then you're like, I told you so. Well, we don't want to say that, but I told you so. Yeah. You know? Because you're not listening. Yeah. You're not listening. Yeah. You know? Until this issue of authority is resolved in our lives, everything else will stay in disarray. Most church problems stem from rebellion. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, right? Most church problems stem from rebellion. We have not worked this issue out yet. Our culture has developed the habit of being in charge without knowing obedience ourselves. How can you be in charge if you don't know obedience? Exactly. You know what that, you know that is equivalent of? That's saying, I'm my own man. I do what I want. I don't have to listen to you. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. I'm downloading scripture and you're like crazy. But I'm almost done. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Is that the one you want me to repeat? Yeah. Okay. Listen to this. Let me show you the hierarchy. I'm following a pattern from old to new, from old to new, from old to new, and I'm coming and I'm leaving no stones unturned. Right? Hebrews 5, 8. Though he were his son. Who are we talking about? Jesus. Mm -hmm. He learned, yet he learned obedience. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. He learned obedience by surrendering himself and submitting himself to the cause of the Father. And then he became authority because he submitted to authority. You getting it? Yes. Yeah. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. That's another story and for another day. Uh, there were high priests, but Melchizedek was the high priest of the high priest. So when they talk about priests after the order of Melchizedek, he's saying there's no other priest higher than that that he can attain to. And he became of the order of Melchizedek, the highest of the high. Of whom we have many things to see and hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. For when, 
for when, for the time, you ought to be teachers, drill down on this one, you have need that one teach you again, which is the first principles of the oracles of God. You should be teaching now, but now we have to teach you the first principles of the oracles of God. You have to be constantly going back to the basic. This is what you need to do. Be obedient. Follow God. Submit to authority. Da 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 da. I got a 10 years on the road. We're still going back to first principles. Are you getting that? Yes. You're going back to first principles. Hmm? Yeah. And I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belong to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They have their senses exercised by reason and by trial so that they now could discern good from evil. They were paying attention. You see, the, 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 the issue of obedience and authority is considered here meat for the mature people. Because that paragraph talked about less than that is milk. Right? You're babe and you're still desiring milk. And he's saying the issue here is that mature people, meat is their maturity. They could eat meat. Hey? Yeah. This is not grade school stuff, but it is foundational. Check it out. Sooner or later, we will have to face the issue of authority in our life. Some people just don't like to submit. That's yeah, come on. I taught school, I taught university, I passed at churches. I'm not talking about something that I found out last night. After all these years, this much I know, some people just don't like to submit. God, you tell them go that way and they want to ask you, well, why that way? I know another way. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. <laughs> and the end thereof is destruction. It doesn't matter if it's blessing you or not. I'm going to just go my own way. I just think that's right and that's right and that's where I go. Okay. As I said last week, and I'm going to say again this week, who are you submitted to? This is not just an abstract theme. Who are you submitted to? You need to know that. Who are you submitted to? The military tends to teach people this concept. The, 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 the society and the culture makes fun of people who just follow orders. You see, we don't just follow blindly. I, I, I hope, let me, let me put in this caveat here. I'm not asking anybody to follow blindly. You learn to trust people who you're submitted to. Yes. Oh boy, I need to say that again. Yes, I'm not asking you to follow blindly. Yes. You learn to trust people who you're submitted to. Yes. If you're not submitted, you buck. Yeah. I didn't say a bad word based on my accent. I said buck. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make that clear right now. <laughs> Last week I said you're sweating like a pot cover and everybody went like, <gasps> 
<laughs> thought I said butt cover. No, I said pot cover. <laughs> you learn to buck. If you're not submitted, you buck. Buck the system. We don't follow blindly, no. And we shouldn't follow blindly. We trust those who we are submitted to. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 And we beseech you, brethren. Eh? 1 Thessalonians 5.12 And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourself. Go back to that early statement I make. Don't learn, no rest. Don't submit, no peace. I didn't say it. I read it, right? I read it. It's right there. Don't submit, no peace. Don't learn, no rest. My goodness, how many times the Bible have to say that before we catch on to kingdom authority? If you don't submit, you wouldn't have peace. You'll always be in chaos and confusion. In the New Testament, we're not given... <laughs> in the New Testament, we're not given the option of not having a pastor. Oh, I'm about to rock your world. We're not given the option of not having a pastor. Read the New Testament. We're given only the option of choosing one to follow. We're not given an option not to. We're given the option to choose one to follow. You need to be submitted and under submission and somebody's covering. I, 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 I challenge you to do that with all seriousness and spiritual fervor because your blessing is wrapped up in that. I'm not asking you to go submit to some heathen, some skulldugger. Hmm? You want that scripture? It was 1 Thessalonians 5.12. Right? You're not given an option not to serve a pastor. You're given an option to choose which one to submit to. Read the New Testament. Read the Bible. Paul talks about it over and over. Submit, 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 submit. Why submit together? Submit. A word that we don't want to hear. Because our culture has trained us to be so rebellious. And well, you know, I can do what I want to do. Of course you can do that. And you can pay the price that goes along with that too. Second top, Second Timothy 3.10. I'm almost there. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. This is 2 Timothy 3. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, verse 11, persecutions, affliction, which came to me in Antioch at Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. You know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, you have learned to follow my doctrine and my manner of life. You know how you learn some of that? You watched me live in front of you. You saw my sufferings. You saw how I handled them. You saw how I dealt with persecutions. You saw all these things. And he's saying, for God's sake, what, what else you want to know? <laughs> I'm not double standard or hypocritical or leading a secret life somewhere. I'm a member of the Illuminati and, you know, the, the Warlocks Club of Atlanta. No, I'm not. 
Paul is saying, watch me. Watch what I'm doing. Right? Yeah. And all that will live, <laughs> and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. <gasps> oh my. You're going to live godly? You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Yeah. If you're going to live godly, you're going to get it. Why? Because you'll be tested not to live godly. You'll be tested to turn back. So if you're going to live for God and teach other people what it is to endure suffering and hard time, you're going to get some of that. And you're going to come up triumphant. And you know, your children and your grandchildren are going to say, boy, my, my mama, I, I don't know, but, but boy, she is my guide. She's my rock. I watch this woman go through everything. I mean, I watched my mama walk barefoot so that I could get a pair of shoes to go to school. I mean, you know, this, I watched. I watched. Yes, I watched. Yes. I watched her go without food so that I could eat. Yeah. When she scrapped stuff together to make us a meal, and she was hungry, hungry. But you watch her persecution, and now you know. I, I could look. I could look at her and go like, you know what? For a lady with a third grade or less education, I I I'll put anybody up against her any day. That woman has shown me there is a way. And God's got away, and through trials and tribulation, she never wavered. I can't bring up a period in my life when I could say, my mama was a two-faced hypocrite. No, 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 no. That woman was steadfast. Paul is saying, watch me like that. So you could learn what it's like, all right? But, 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 but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which you have learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Oh my goodness, I'm teaching you the word. Yes, yes. Learn yes. the things that I'm teaching you and be assured in them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This is the way to stay balanced. I want you to triangulate three things, and I'm done. 2 Corinthians 10.4. 2 Corinthians 10.4. <laughs> For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty true God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. What he says, you're going to make a mess of disobedience when your obedience is fully in place. Yes. Oh, yeah. You will make a mess of disobedience when your obedience is fully in place. My goodness. The ability to walk with that power knowing, listen, I'm going to go fight the devil with a penknife if I had to. Because I'm walking in my obedience. And my weapons of warfare ain't carnal, but with that little penknife, I'll take you down. <laughs> scripture. Scripture is good, isn't it? It's good. So if we could get a revelation of this concept, it would emancipate us. Here's the three things. As I close, you must have a spirit of obedience. Write that down. Three things we have to triangulate. 
you must have a spirit of obedience. One. Got it? Two. Practice obedience. Don't be like the heathen who could never obey. Have a spirit of this of obedience. Practice obedience. And three, learn to exercise under delegated authorities. In lesson three, I'll probably bring up that a little bit more. Learn to operate or exercise under delegated authorities. Don't step out on your own and take your own authority and do your own stuff. Uh, listen, if we have a set of rules in place, follow them. Am I telling the truth or not? Yes. Watch what happens whenever you step out and do something that you weren't told to do. Need I say more? All H-E, double hockey stick, double hockey stick, double hockey stick. Breaks loose. Some learn to obey authority, but never how to become an authority. You know? You could see an indecisive leader, a husband who will not take rule in his house, people who challenge everything. It is needful to learn how to be both under authority and in authority in order to be balanced. It completes the maturity cycle. Our church our home, our nation, we all suffer from those that do not know how to obey and those who don't know how to lead. I will pick up from there next week. Did you get this? Understanding the authority of God. Understanding the authority of God. Your life depends on it. The growth of the church depends on it. Your blessing depends on it. Understand authority. There are lots of things, lots of people know, but God has this simple way. He says, I will take the foolishness right I will take the simple things and the foolish things to confound the wise so what he's saying there are a lot of wise people who think they have the answer God said I'm going to take simple stuff and confound them hmm. I will put a simple person in charge mm -hmm. and you think you're wiser than that person he said I'm going to confound you just for thinking that because that is my person that is my kingdom authority that is my order I don't care what you think you know <laughs> follow that follow that and be blessed don't follow it and like what I said earlier on don't learn no rest don't learn no rest don't follow no peace isn't it funny that I see on TV all the time these groups of people marching all over the street and they're going like, no justice, no peace, no justice. You know, there's something true about that. Whether it's for political advantage or not. But the truer concept is 
you don't follow God's authority, you won't have peace. Exactly. 